This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Conversations bring together the biggest names in true crime, recorded live at CrimeCon London, partnered by CBS Reality. For more information on future CrimeCon events, visit crimecon.co.uk. Lockhart. We're so happy to be here. It's for both of us our first experience in England, so thank you for having us. We're stoked to be here. We want to share as much information as we can today about our podcast. We're really advocacy focused and our main mission is just to get information out into the world about these disgusting, secret, dark, and deep web communities that we've found that are glorifying the murder of young women through something called death fetish. So we're going to jump right in. We're going to save time at the end for a Q&A, but we're going to dive right in. So buckle up, and we're going to take you on a ride through death fetish online forums. So I am curious, just a show of hands, how many of you have heard about death fetish? Okay. There's a little bit of awareness here. Um, that's good. We'd like more of that worldwide. I'll just, for anybody that doesn't know what it is, death fetish is really a, um, an extreme sexual interest in necrophilia, in murder. There's just people in the world who literally cannot get sexual gratification without incorporating that into their sex life in some way. And that is so startling to me because we've found these men are congregating in these gated, hidden communities online. They have created their own forums on the deep web. Some of them are even on the surface web. So, you know, we all hear about things like this on the dark web. People think you can find anything really on the dark web. But this has become so prevalent that it's on the deep web and sometimes on the surface web as well. So you can just find these things through Google. And the communities of men, sometimes the upwards of 100,000 people, mostly men in these communities, talking about all the gory details of their sexual fantasies that include the process of murdering a woman drugging a woman, abducting a woman, and then going through acts of necrophilia after they have murdered her. It's horrific. And so just a little bit of background of how we got involved with this. I have worked a cold case in the United States for eight years. It's the 1994 murder of Melissa Witt. And 
picture this, me driving into the parking lot of my full-time job. My phone alerts me to an email, and it's a tip from Alicia Lockhart in the Wit case that asked me if I had looked into or if I knew anything about the death fantasy community. So my life changed because I had never heard of it. I go into work and I, my mind is blown. Like, how could this be connected to the Wit case? And that's what started this journey for us. We got to know each other. And very quickly, it was decided by law enforcement. I'm a private investigator that's working with law enforcement in the United States on this case. And they sanctioned us to go undercover in the death fetish forums online. Yeah, we had to do that because I had this experience when I was young and dumb. I had accepted a position to be a secretary for a man. He was a pornography producer. He actually told me that he produced clown pornography, which is <laughs> strange in itself. But um, that was not the truth. He was a death fetish pornographer. And he um, kind of groomed me into modeling the day I showed up for the set that we had agreed to, I was drugged and I, um, I was filmed. And I, I remember showing up there and he had asked me to put on a Mickey Mouse watch. And the importance of that is that the case that LaDonna has been advocating for, the victim, she was a strangulation victim and she was wearing a Mickey Mouse watch at the time of her murder. And it's believed that that watch was taken by the killer as a trophy. So when I learned of that case, I didn't know if it would go anywhere, but I felt like it was really important to let her know, hey, there's this man out here that's making these films, and he asked me to wear this watch, and then I was drugged, and later went on to find this film online of myself, and I got to watch it to see what had happened to me after I was drugged. And um, my story is not the only one like it. There are thousands and thousands of videos online just like mine where women are getting you know, drugged. Um, we believe some of them are being murdered on film. So some of these videos that we're finding in these forums are genuine snuff films that are being bought and sold by people who have a sexual desire towards dead women. And so during this process, and we're going to kind of speed it up for you a little bit, because this was over a year-long process. So we go undercover in the forums, because this video was of great interest to us, because it mimicked the Melissa Witt case. Her watch was missing from some of the poses that the producer put Alicia in. And that took us down a, a rabbit hole of all these other videos, videos that we found that were similar to other cases that were like Melissa Witt's. So during that process of doing the undercover work, and we were... A, very smart about what we did. We had VPNs, all of those things. They were smarter than us, and they were able to access my IP address, and they tracked me. And so I remember the day that I contacted Alicia and discovered that I'd been doxxed in the death fetish community. And what's frightening about that is, though, a great deal of this is fantasy, okay? I, I do admit that some of it is fantasy, what we discovered is that there were real murderers lurking in these communities, and they're going on to kill real women, and we're going to talk about some of that here in just a moment. So they doxed me in the community. They give my full name, my address, my place of employment, everything that you can imagine. And so then I'm in. I have to be all in at this point because you've doxed me, and now I'm going to get your community shut down because I don't believe it should exist anyway. And so that's really what started this battle for us. We um, wrote a book entitled Strangled. 
It's the second book that I've written about the Melissa Witt case. But after we finished the book, Alicia and I said, I don't think we're done. I don't think we're done. I don't think the book is enough. And so welcome to Deep Dark Secrets. That's really how we were born. Yeah, we wanted to see if there was a connection with true murders and this community because the men in these forums are saying, oh, this is just a fantasy or I just buy these videos. I don't really do anything. But we've found that is not true. There are many, many true crime situations, many genuine murders where the murderer was a member of these forums and was posting about their fantasies, their intentions. I mean, you can see it all in there. You can go back and watch this person saying, I followed this woman in the grocery store. I found a new victim. Or I'm looking for a willing victim. We've been able to find... Oh, I mean, just dozens and dozens of murder cases where you go back and look and you can trace their username in there. They were in there for four years, five years, and then they finally went out and did it. And it's just so sad. And we we really believe that we need to talk more about this with people and we need to prevent these men from obsessing for this amount of time and then crossing over and doing it in reality. And you know, just to touch on a few cases that are more local to you folks, we've got the Jane Longhurst case from 2003. Her murderer, Graham Coots, was an avid member of these forums. He was a member of Hanging Bitches, which is a website, Death by Aphyxia, and one of the most popular ones is called Necrobabes. So he was in these communities talking about how much he wanted to murder someone for years. And he was accessing these forum threads and these videos for hours and hours a day. And the day that he murdered Jane Longhurst, he watched an hour and 45 minutes of videos before he went out and did this to her. And that's just one of many cases. There's, there's several. There's several. And... One of the things that we do, I'm going to add this in here, is that we have accounts that are, we're deeply embedded into these forums, and we watch what these, these men are doing. It's primarily men. And what you need to understand is that these forums are not regulated, right? There's typically not law enforcement that's involved. We do know that the FBI keeps a tab on dark fetish net because there's a lot of real crime that's happened there. But one of the users that we watch very, very closely that will be of interest to you. He goes by XJ900UK. And we know that he lives in England. I won't give you more information than that, but he spends upwards 15 hours a day across all kinds of forums talking about drowning, strangling, basically putting a stamp of approval on these posts that men are making about their obsession for murdering women. So we've watched him really, really close. And he has ties to some of the major producers in this genre. And so we found that very interesting and wanted to mention him. We did track him down. We know who he is in real life. We've, we've done the work. We know what his real name is. We've turned those things over to authorities. But that's part of what we do with our podcast. It's not just we're going to talk about these murders. We're really trying to do something about it because the murders are horrific and we want to honor the victims, absolutely. But we also want to say, not one more girl. Yeah, that's really important to us. So we have been tracking down true identities. Who are these men that are making these films? A lot of them will actually have a video production company license and that's how we've been able to find their real names and their locations. 
and we turn those into whatever authorities are local to them. So this is really international for us. Sometimes it's in the US where we're based out of, but other times it's not. And our main goal, well, I guess we have a lot of goals, but we, we want to get these forums taken off the internet. We don't want people who are young you know, and have these thoughts to be able to even find these communities and normalize this idea for them that you should murder a woman for sexual gratification. So we've been working on just turning in all the websites that we find, turning in all the people that we can trace the identities of so that we can stop uh, more women from being harmed by these people. And so if you visit our website, it's deepdarksecretspodcast.com. We have a lot of great information there. Alicia's going to touch on a little bit of that before we open it up for a Q&A. But we have a link to a petition there. And that's where your voice can be heard. And you can say, I'm going to sign this petition. I'm going to get behind LaDonna and Alicia because our goal is to strengthen obscenity laws. And we're starting with the United States. But it's really, really important that everybody's name be put on that petition if you're as horrified and concerned about this online information as we are. But we're going to touch a little bit on legislation and those types of things. And then we'd like to open it up to a Q&A with our remaining time. So like we said, we are based out of the U.S., so we're really looking into obscenity laws for the U.S. There's federal obscenity laws, and then there are just state by state. They have their, their own decision on what's obscene or not in that state. Some places don't have any obscenity laws at all. Like Oregon is an example of a place where if you're making simulated snuff films, which is what they call them, uh, which is a whole aside because some of them you watch them and it's very clear that the girl in there is not alive by the end of it, but they're still selling them as a um, simulated video. But some of these guys live in Oregon. There's no obscenity laws there. So they actually move there to continue filming with no legal recourse. And that's got to change. So that's an area we're focusing on very heavily. But the federal laws are important, too, because that should cover any state. But sometimes those laws oppose. And the enforcement is just not great. We've talked to several different FBI agents who are saying, yes, I agree. This shouldn't be allowed to exist, but we just don't have the ability to enforce this law or give sentencing that's more than like three years. So that's a big part of what our petition is about, just putting some teeth in those laws and specifically in their enforcement. But since we are coming here, of course, we look at what your laws are too. I, I actually tend to favor your obscenity laws because they really shift the blame off of the content creator and back onto the viewer. So here, you can be charged just for having this content on your phone, on your laptop. And I think that's fantastic because it discourages people from congregating in these forums. But you'll see some of them are so addicted and they're so obsessed, like XJ, that they'll still do it, even though they know it's illegal and that they could go to jail for having this content. So that's a bit of of what we're working with there. And um, we're, we'd like to say we're a little baby podcast. It's our first year. So we've got big goals, though, and we're going to continue to forge onward with this until we can hopefully get some law changes. And so before we start the Q&A, what I would like to add, too, is that what you need to understand is that we know outside of the murder that does happen because of these communities, there are other real crimes happening. And I want 
to explain how we know that and why we suspect that. Because remember when I told you that we were doxxed and I was doxxed in the community, what happened is that, you know, that spreads like wildfire among the producers. There's this woman in Arkansas. She's looking into death fetish. And do you know what they did? They started taking websites down. There would be only one reason why you would do that. They know, and we know, that there's human trafficking. There are um, lots and lots of evidence that we could give you about cases where um, someone who was addicted to death fetish and then acts out a murder also has interest in child sexual abuse materials. Lots of child pornography charges have happened in the United States because of that. So we know that that's happening, and why else would you take your website down? I'm just a woman in Arkansas. I shouldn't be a threat to you unless you have something to hide. Right, and we do want these websites to come down, but not in that way. The ones that went down immediately, we were like, okay, so they're trafficking either alive women or they're trafficking dead women. You know, we don't know, but those three websites that went down immediately once they found out we were researching, taking screen captures, that was just so telling. It, it really told us, okay, we're on to something here and we need to keep going. Absolutely. So let's open it up. Do, does anybody have any questions? Yes. So your question is that they've taken down the websites. Do we think they put them back up under a different name? And I can answer that. They absolutely have. So the question is, it's predominantly men. What's the ratio between men and women? So this is tricky because everyone's a screen name on the forums. Um, if you look in there based on their screen names and what they're presenting as on their profile, it's, I would say, about 98% men profiles, 2% women profiles. But what we have discovered is that a lot of the women profiles in there are men masquerading as women. So I feel pretty comfortable saying it's less than 1% women in the forums. What else? Any other questions? Yes, right here. So the question you're asking, I think, is do we think it's predominantly men because of the desire? Are they more sexually attracted to the violent crime? I think a good answer to that, and I'll let Alicia weigh in here too, is that in the year and a half that we have been on this journey, we have yet to see one film that's been made where a man has been murdered, has been strangled. It's always women. It's always young women. It's very frightening. So that, I don't know if that fully answers your question, but... Yeah, the profiles that present as women in the forum are presenting as suicidal females who are willing victims. So there's not women profiles in there that we've seen that have said, oh, I murder men. It's all women who are signing up to be murdered. And I did create a profile. We did this together where we talked about how we wanted to murder a man to join the community. And they took our account down. <laughs> That's not allowed. Because we wrote a story about wanting to kill one of the producers. And he did not like that. But... It's okay for him to want to murder our mothers, our sisters, our daughters, our friends. But when it gets a little close to home, and it might be him, he's going to take off running. So what they've done in response to that is they have sent us flowers when we've been at events to kind of, you know, unnerve us. They send horrific text messages. We deep dive into that in our book, if anybody's interested. But they are doing everything they can to try to run us off. And that does not work. That is not how we're geared. It just makes us more determined. So what else? Any other questions? Oh, right here. Do we feel that law enforcement take it seriously in the United States and internationally? 
It really depends which law enforcement we're working with. Um, to be honest, we've had some of each. We've had some law enforcement that's very helpful and they take it very seriously and others not so much. So it just depends. Because it can be a gray area. Think about it. We've had people say there's no thought police. And we understand that there's a very fine line. But you have to understand there is a very, very fine line between fantasy and reality. And necrophilia is considered a mental illness. So that's frightening in and of itself. And so we do try to approach it with gathering as much information as possible. I'm a private investigator. She's one heck of an investigator. And so we gather all the information that we can. Some of these producers, some of the consumers of the, the pornography are not the brightest. And so they use their screen name across other platforms. And so we're able to find their real identity. And so when you're able to give that kind of a package to law enforcement, they're going to take it a little bit more seriously. What else? We have time for a few more questions. Yes, in the back. Have we found any countries that are overrepresented with the, these communities? I mean, there's a huge presence of United States producers who live in Oregon. We call that the death fetish capital of, of the United States. And if you go to our Instagram, they're, they're tearing us up over there for that right now. So we get a kick out of that. I mean, we do see, honestly, XJ900UK. And if you Google his screen name, it's going to take you to some places. So I actually was in the forums last night, though, checking around. I, I mean, it's like my before I go to bed, I look and see what they're doing in there. Um, somebody had posted recently, though, that China has opened up something and now they're getting a flood of new members because they're finally allowed to find the forums there. So they were just so gleeful, like, oh, we're finally going to get to talk to our Chinese brothers that have this fetish there's going to be an influx of sales on the videos and it's just it's like there's a disconnect from reality there they speak of it as if they're like basket weavers that all love to weave baskets and it's not it's not a hobby it's it's dangerous it's disturbing and one of the things that we I'm sorry I promise we'll get to you <laughs> people ask us this question all the time how do you cope with that how do you cope with this you know, this darkness. And one, I want to give a disclaimer, don't go Google it unless you are prepared to go down that rabbit hole. Understand what the obscenity laws are in your area if you end up viewing something. So understand that. For me, I ended up seeing a therapist in the United States. I'd never been exposed to anything like this. And that's been very, very helpful. And you know, we take turns on, okay, who's going to do the deep dive today? Kind of an idea. You know, because it has to be done. Because really before we came along, outside of what little we knew about the FBI being involved in one of the websites, there isn't anyone that's willing to do this. I know you had a question. Yeah. So her question is, are we looking into the psychology behind this? And you're asking also, what drives this? So money definitely drives this industry. You can order a custom film, you can pay anywhere between $500 and $10,000 for that custom film. As far as the psychology, I'm going to defer to Alicia. Yeah, it's very interesting because there's a lot of chit-chat going on in the forums about when did you discover you had this fantasy. So we've been just documenting what we find in there. We don't work with any professional on that. What I see just 
by reading and researching, most of the people that are in there are saying that they got this fetish when they were going through puberty, basically. When they started having sexual thoughts, they were this way already. Some people talk about just seeing shows that, you know, turn them on for the first time. I was 12 and I saw a cop show or I saw a, just an action film where a woman was shot and then I became aroused for the first time in my life. So there's a lot of people just in in that tender age of puberty and starting to have sexual feelings in general, it seems to come in right with that. And most of them have said, yeah, since I was 12, I've known that this turns me on or this is the only thing that turns me on. And your question about the money, some of the producers are making thousands of dollars because someone can call them and say, I want this hour-long film of a woman that looks just like my neighbor, and I want her to wear this, and I want her to say this, and I want you to hang her by a noose, and I want this to happen. And so they get to see their fantasy acted out on the person that looks like the person they're obsessed with. So some of them are making a lot of money. Other times, though, we've seen some producers who say, I have this fetish myself. This is why I make these videos. I can't stop making the videos. In our book, Strangled, we go deeply into this one producer who really bankrupt himself and ruined his whole life because he just wanted to make these films. He didn't want to do anything else. And so he was stealing money from clients, taking the thousands of dollars and not really delivering what they were asking for, but just continuing to make the films he wanted to make for his own purposes, I believe. So we have to close, we got the warning. So I wanna leave you with this before we say goodbye. If you have any question about whether these producers are only concerned about fantasy, let me tell you this, that we have discovered that many of these producers also fund websites such as Documenting Reality, places that show real death. Okay, they're also a part of a, what they call a fantasy site, but we know they're also looking at real death. And on top of that, if you have any doubt, we go into websites on a regular basis and we see men that are posting pictures of their neighbor or of a real woman they know. And they talk about how they want to murder her, they want to kill her, they want to cannibalize her. Death fetish is real and it is dangerous. Thank you so much for hearing our talk today. Thank you. been listening to Crime Conversations recorded live at CrimeCon partnered by CBS Reality. For more information on future CrimeCon events, visit crimecon.co.uk. For exclusive content from this episode and all other episodes, head on over to our Patreon patreon.com backslash deep dark secrets sign up and you'll be able to see some visuals that accompany each episode